He's 50 years old and still making content. What happened to him as a child that would lead him down this path to continuously put himself out there over and over and over in different iterations? Welcome to the show, everybody. What's up? My name is Jason Nash. This is a All Good Things podcast. What's up, guys? That was a that was an intro that I hope doesn't make it because it was a little sad. I hope Ferris cuts it out. Um, you know, listen, I don't know. I'm here for your amusement. I'm here because I love you guys. I'm here to tell you, I have to do this again. I have to make sure we're recording. <laughs> we are. Get back in it, man. Get back in it. Um, no, I, I'm here to tell you. I'm here to just talk about some stuff today. Another All Good Things podcast, solo cast. Hope you guys love it. You guys like the first one. So this one's back. We're here for a second one. I uh, hope you guys are having a great day. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. I am... Um, I hit my head this morning, so I don't remember who I am. Uh, no, I was just got back from Vegas. Hello, Vegas. We had the best time. I was in Vegas with my fiance. I love the word fiance. It makes you forces you to say congratulations. So here we go. I'll give us some space there. Thank you so much. Yes. My fiance, the word fiance is obnoxious, but you have to say it. You can't say girlfriend because they'll be like, yo, we're engaged, right? So you got to say fiance, my fiance. And I say it like that too. When I, oh, I have my regular tone of voice. I'm like, how you guys doing? How he goes, oh, uh, oh, let me do, introduce you to my uh, fiance. That's what I do. Um, because I'm trying to elevate myself above everyone else. But I was in Vegas and it was fantastic. I'm going to tell you all about it. Tay Tay Swift. I uh, went to the Taylor Swift concert. You know, listen, look, it was a great show. But this idea that Scooter Braun took all the songs, he definitely did not because the show was three hours long and uh, she's got them. They are in her possession. Let me tell you, because she kept going and going and going. Blank space. Uh, she did it all. Uh, I'm feeling 22. Um, I she's she's re-recording her albums. You know, she's re-recording her first six out al- six albums. Can you do? Uh, I'm feeling 52. Tay, could you re-record that? But I don't want to take anything away from the concert because it was it was fabulous. It was first rate. I'm going to talk about it. Um, and and it's, it, she really, she puts on an amazing show, even though I'm not like the hugest Taylor Swift fan. It is a first class production. Um, couple of things going on. I am, I was in, um, uh, I was on Andrew Santino's podcast, which, um, you know, it, it was, it was great. It went really well. Uh, and I was, uh, and I'll be honest, I was like, I was really nervous to go, you know, cause there's this thing, there's this thing between influencers, not, there's nothing between them. There's comedians and then there's influencers. And obviously the comedians, they're funnier. They go out on stage. And so I was feeling a little like, mm, am I going to be able to like keep up with Andrew Santino and, and be funny? And, uh, you know, it, it, it's important to me, you know, um, cause I try to be funny. Um, I don't always succeed, but you know, when I watch those shows, so I really, I love bad friends. I love Joe Rogan's podcast. I, I watch them all. Um, I love, uh, Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer's podcast. Uh, so to go on that podcast was kind of a big deal and I thought I did pretty good. Um, and I thought it went well and I don't normally go and read the comments. So I go and I read the comments and, um, and they're really good. The, the comments were good. I'm reading them. I'm like, Oh, this is, Hmm. I told a good Norm story. Uh, cause when I, when I work, work for Norm McDonald, you can go watch it there. Uh, and then a day goes by and 
my my ego, my stupid ego. I'm like, hmm. Oh, maybe I'll. I'm not feeling so good today. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll go back to that Andrew Santino podcast and read some more of those comments because they were so they were so nice yesterday. And um, and then I go back and there's like a flood of bad comments. And I don't know where they came from. They weren't there the day before. I don't know. Maybe the the Jew haters, they come a day late to the Andrew Santino podcast. I don't know. but And I started reading them, and then I was like, oh, this is not good. And it put me in a funk. Um, which is, you know, to, to say that comments don't bother you when people say that, that's a lie. They obviously bother you. It's awful, you know. And I've tried millions of ways to understand uh, comments, and um, and you can't understand them because you don't know who's writing them, and you don't know what they meant. And, you know, it's it's really dumb, which is why I don't read them. Um, and I've yet to meet somebody who is not affected by a, 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 a mean comment. Um, but yeah, there was, there was like, there was one in there that was like, the, the, someone said like, I made a joke, like, yeah, I'm doing Andrew's podcast and I want to get to, uh, so I can get to Joe Rogan's podcast. Like I said that. And then the, someone like put that in the comments. They were like, they're like, Oh, he's obviously using a stepping stone. What a, what a turd. And I was like, well, no, it was a joke. I don't even, like, I don't think I'll ever be on Joe Rogan. I don't, I don't think I'd be good on Joe Rogan. You know, I don't, I don't know a lot about bears or owls or, you know what I mean? And I don't know anything about the pyramids or caves and, you know, or conspiracy theories. Like I don't, I wouldn't be able to talk on that. Would you think they faked uh, Apollo one or Apollo two? Uh, the Michael B. Jordan movie. I don't know, uh, Joe. Um, I, Oh, 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 yeah, the spacecraft. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, no, I don't like cigars. You know, that's that's basically what I would be like on, on Joe Rogan. But, but yeah, so we went to uh, Las Vegas. And, um, and, yeah, and I do want to stop and just say that, like, doing these podcasts have been really great for me. I want to share this with you because I, I think it's important. I think, I think... You know, I've been, I've been making content for the last like five years and I've been making like vlogs and stuff. And I think I left a part of me uh, behind when I started doing YouTube. And that part of me was somebody who was trying to write comedy and create stuff funny that is funny. Create stuff funny. You know, and so uh, this is, I'm trying to do stand up again. I'm trying to write stand up, but this has really allowed me to. Um, exercise that muscle again. And it's been so hard to, to get that muscle going again, to be like, okay, you know, get your brain going, get working, have, have a, a comedic ideas and things like that. And, and just get on here and talk about things I want to talk about. Uh, and just coming out of my shell like that. And, um, it just goes away, man. It goes away if you don't exercise. And that's what I love about working out is that it showed me that, um, and I, and I, and that's why, that's why I love working out because you work out every day and you're working towards a larger goal. And if you don't work it out, if you don't try, if you don't push yourself, nothing will happen. And that's the same thing here. You know, me pushing myself to be like, okay, I'm going to come on here by myself and I'm going to talk and I'm, I'm going to, you know, tell, try to be funny and try to talk about stuff. And, um, and unless you exercise it, it will never ever happen. But the, the truth is, guys, is that you can do anything that you want. You can 
aspire to anything. And it sounds so corny. And people used to say it to me all the time. If you put your mind to it, it's actually true. If you put your mind to it, if you actually believe and work at it, anything is possible. Anything can happen. Um, and that's, that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, do this. And it's been really, uh, it's been really rewarding. I think I, I suffer from that imposter syndrome thing, you know, where I go, "Ah, I'm not good enough. You know, I'm not funny like Andrew Santino, you know, or I'm not funny like Bobby Lee funny, you know, uh, which I'm not, but, but you see, I just did it again. So, um, you know, I want everybody who watches this podcast, I want all of you to go out today and just be super uh, positive about yourself and do some affirmations and, and just, you know, just believe it. If you want something, go do it, go do it. Uh, and cause it's certainly, it's been eating me, it, eating at me inside the last you know few months of the podcast, just sort of talking to people was fun, but it wasn't, you know, necessarily like what I, I thought I should be doing. And this is, this is really what I think I should be doing. So Thank you for that. Sorry about my long spiel. Yeah, so we were hanging out Sunday night and uh, and I'm just trying to like always just be good dad, be the guy, you know, be the be the dude, which is um, which is tough when you're trying to, you know, be creative. And I go uh, get a phone call from Charlie. She's like, hey, the the printer is broken, the color printer. And I go, oh, okay. She goes, there's no color. So I go, okay, I'll, let me come home and look at it. And then I come home and look at it. And of course the color is out. So I got to go to Staples and get color ink. And really funny, uh, she was doing a, she's doing a project on Anne Frank. <laughs> and uh, it's just like this, just the printer of like black and white Anne Frank's like, <laughs> and Anne Frank's got this big smile on her face. Like, like she looks like she's on the cover of like Teen Vogue. You know what I mean? And uh, a cute girl, you know, and, and it was just so like, I was like, and then I'm sitting there like, does it have to be color? Like, can she looks good. She's like, no, it's gotta be, it's gotta be color and Frank, you know, got to. And, and I was like, I just don't want to go to Staples right now, but okay. And of course, Naveen is like, you should go baby. Make, make Anne Frank in color. It's, and Frank's going to look a lot better in color. And so then I go, I go to Staples, I get the HP 43, you know, sign coloring, get it back, print it, comes out. Charlie's like, oh, it's great. Thank you, daddy. Thank you so much. And she brings it over to me. It's a black and white photo colorized. Like, it's just like a little bit of pink behind the Anne Frank. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it was going to be that much of a difference. And uh, listen, I hate to mince words about Anne Frank, you know, where her, her contributions are pretty incredible. Uh, and the story is, is just uh, so amazing. Um, oh, we were in Amsterdam. And we, we walked by Anne Frank's house and, uh, I kept, I kept doing, uh, uh, sympathetic Nazi. That was the character I kept doing the entire time I was in Amsterdam. <laughs> this, no, I checked up here. There's no one here. It's, it's all clear. Hey, listen, I brought you some crackers. Take these. Also, here is uh, here's a couple of books that you might enjoy. What? Yes, coming. 
I'll be right down. Who is I talking to? No, no, uh, no one. I was not, I was not talking to anyone. Shh, don't say anything. I'll be right down. That is a sympathetic Nazi. That is sympathetic Nazi, everybody. But anyway, so yeah, so we went to Vegas. Uh, we woke up. Um, we had a really, really good time. Um, you know, my, 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 my fiance is, uh, is just the best. She's really fun. She's really positive and uh, she's really competitive. You know, we were driving. <laughs> We're driving to Burbank Airport, which is nice. We live in the with the we live in the valley, so when you can go out of Burbank instead of LAX, it's like it's like really fun. It's it's almost like you're on vacation because it's very close and it's an easy easy airport to get into. And we we pa we passed something. This is how competitive she is. We passed something. It said uh, it was it was a picture of a microphone, and it said P E G like that. And I went, um, I looked at it, and I went, oh, podcast entertainment group, like that. And I looked over at her, and she went. <sighs> <laughs> like that. And she was mad that I saw the anachronism, was able to deduce what it meant in like five or six seconds. And I thought that was so funny. Like that's, you know, she's just got that little competitive thing. We always compare steps. And I think this is a good thing. I'm not knocking her. And I thought it was so funny. And then later we got on the flight and I decided to look it up. I was like, uh, I said to her, I was like, are you mad? Are you mad that I was able to deduce what that was. Does that, that make you mad? Like we, you weren't even looking at it. She goes, ah, whatever like that. So, but, uh, so then later I got on the plane and I looked it up. I typed in Burbank P E G and I go, Oh, I go, no, you know what? It stands for producers entertainment group, not podcast entertainment group. And she goes, ha, ha, I knew it. You were wrong like that. And that's the little, that's like the little fiery thing, you know, that I, that I've kept going, you know, that, that we have going, which is like, it's really nice. It's really fun. It's, you know, we, we get up in the morning and she wants to hike and she'll, she'll get up. She'll be like, I'm going to go hike. And I'll be like, ah, and I'll like, it forces me out of bed, you know, and same for her. I'll go hike and I'll be like, come on, let's go get, get your butt up. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny, my dad, <laughs> My dad said something really interesting. He goes, uh, he was, he was asking me about um, Naveen and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, so, uh, you know, you do, do you, do you love her like that? You know? And I go, yeah, dad, she's like the best. She's the best person I've ever met in my life. She's so happy. He, she goes, he goes, oh, she's happy all the time. And I go, yeah, yeah. She's just like really positive. And he goes, uh, he goes, good. Keep her that way. Like that, which I thought was a really profound thing to say. Uh, from somebody who hasn't had the best luck in relationships. Sorry, dad. But you know what I mean? Somebody doesn't know about relationships. No, no, I'm just kidding. He's, he's good. He's, he's good. I love you. Hey dad. Um, isn't that weird when you do a podcast and you start talking about somebody and now you get a phone call? What the f was that on the podcast? I don't know about relationships. What are you talking about? No, no, dad. I was saying you were like, said something profound. You said something good. Um, I did a post for my ex-wife the other day for her new show called the night agent. I did it on, uh, Instagram and I thought I had a funny caption, which was, it said, watch the night agent, uh, full disclosure, it's produced by my ex-wife. Uh, but it, it, and it's, and it's actually really good. That's what it said. And she, she called me 
Because I thought I was doing something nice for her to promote her show on Netflix, which is number one, by the way. Go watch The Night Agent. And she was like, well, what's that supposed to mean? Am I? You're saying that because even though I produce it, it's still good? And I was like, no, no. I was like, Ugh. So then I changed the and to butts. And I was like, full disclosure, produced by my ex-wife. And it's actually really good. And so that's kind of my fault. But anyways, you just, you know, people always, it's so tough doing this, you know, because you, know, you have to talk about people. You have to talk about people in your life or else I wouldn't have anything to talk about. Um, so I get it. But yeah, so she's good. Go watch The Night Agent on uh, on Netflix. It is number one, which is crazy. All because of my Instagram post. Isn't that wild? You'd think, you know, 24,000 likes wouldn't put it over the edge, but it did. It did. Those 24,000 people told 10,000 people each. So yeah, number one. Um, no, but, uh, but yeah, so my dad, uh, my dad gave me that advice, which was keep her happy. And I, uh, I like that. I like that a lot in a relationship. If you're in a relationship right now, keep the other person happy. And what I mean by that is sometimes I don't tell, I don't tell, listen, I don't even, like we, we met somebody the other night that I didn't lie. I got known from my past. And I don't, I don't really like them. And I was like, I'm not introducing this person to Naveen. That's it. You know what I mean? I like to keep a nice bubble around my fiance. Like if I get like bad news or anything, I don't, t I don't tell her, I don't tell the bad news. I really don't, which I, I should. And she'd be fine if I did, but why? You know what I mean? I was with Jess the other day. Uh, my producer and, and she, she informed me that there was a brand that uh, had that passed on working with us and, um, and they just like, you know, they didn't want to do the idea that we, we had. And she was like, Oh, so-and-so passed. And she said it in front of Naveen. And, and I was like, no, Jess, don't mention that shit in front of Naveen. You know what I mean? I'm trying to keep her like, uh, like living in a basement, basically being held hostage. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want any kind of outside information. You know, I don't, I don't, don't walk up to me and go, Hey, your diarrhea medication is ready at the pharmacy. You know, I don't want that. I don't need that. You know what I mean? Like keep, just keep her, keep her thinking that I'm great. You know what I mean? Because the minute she gets turned off, it's over. I was thinking the other day, I go, I was looking at her and I go, I had this thought because I love her so much and she likes me. I can't believe she likes me. I had this thought. I go, oh, shit. did someone like put a spell on her? Like, did somebody, because I, I think I'm so gross and I can't imagine she'd want to be with me. I go, did somebody put a spell on her to make her like me? I was so confused. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so we're going to, we're going to Vegas. We go there, we go to Burbank. The flight is delayed, uh, Southwest, um, Southwest, you know, they always try to be funny when you get on the plane. You're like, just fucking start the engine guys. Just come on, come on. You know, I hate when the pilot gets on there and goes, okay, here's what's happening. Um, we're about fifth in line here to get out. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's looking, it's looking like we will get out, you know, uh, and you're like, Hey man. And he's like, well, I have you here. Uh, have you heard about uh, Southwest's uh, rewards, uh, member, uh, certificate, uh, credit card. Uh, and you're like, Hey man, you're not doing a podcast. Just fly the fucking plane. You know what I mean? Everybody's an entertainer now. Everyone's got to fucking entertain. 
And I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. But anyways, I got on the plane. This guy sits next to me. He was very overweight and his leg is over into my seat. And, uh, and I'm very sensitive to people that are overweight. I was overweight. I could be back there soon. And his leg is like in my seat and, and I'm, and he's like, he's like doing this. He's like trying to like keep his leg away from mine, but it's just so big that, um, and this is what I, this is who I am as a person. I'm all about making everybody feel good. And I, I just turned to him. I just go, I go, Hey man, we can leave your leg there. It's all good like that. And he, he just goes, he laughed. He goes, Oh, okay. All right. All right. You don't mind. And I said, no, no, I don't, I don't mind at all, man. Fucking do your thing. We got 45 minutes in the air and I'm going to be having sex in a hotel room soon. So I'm good. Um, and, and I just, that was, that was interesting, you know, cause so remember that if you're on, on the plane with somebody who's like overweight, like, yeah, so you touch legs a little bit, it's fine. And what can they do? This is a problem that no one can solve. We don't have fat seats and we're not going to get them anytime soon. The airline can barely get your luggage there. You think they're going to start designing bigger seats for bigger people? The person's big. They already feel bad about it. So I just think that that's really important. And you got to make people feel good. Uh, so yeah, so we got up in the plane. We went down, we landed. Oh man, going to the hotel. We stayed at the Conrad, which was uh, a freaking dope, 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 dope ass hotel. Uh, I highly recommend it. You know, when I, when I go to Vegas, I like to go to Vegas. I love that. I love the Conrad. It's, it's at Resorts World. I love Resorts World. First of all, it's new. Second of all, they have everything in one place. You know what I mean? I'm not looking to go. Huh, I'm not looking to get in a cab to go to. That's like when I would go to Vegas with with David and Todd or whatever. I'm not looking to get in a cab and go to Caesars, and then I'm not looking to go to the car, get another cab and go to the Cosmo. I'm not looking to go to Dre's at two a.m. One stop shop. You know, walk around, play the slots, maybe get a juice, get a coffee, go to Starbucks. I mean, I'm good. I'm good inside. I don't even care if I go outside and see anything. I'm good inside this this resort. So I highly recommend it in the resorts world. They have everything in there. They have sushi. They have a uh, great mall. They have Fred Siegel. They have Craig's I, vegan ice cream. We had we had um, we had alcoholic ice cream, which was excellent. Um, so yeah, everything's good there. Room's nice. Go in there. Um, and then we went to, we went to Nobu, um, which, uh, is a great restaurant. Obviously it's, it's all over the world. They have them in all the major cities now. And, but Naveen doesn't let me go to Nobu here in LA cause it's too expensive. We love a humble queen. And, um, so yeah, she doesn't let me go. So there's a treat. We were, I was allowed to, you know, we were allowed to go to Nobu, which was great. And it was so good. Uh, so, so fricking tasty. Also. One thing that bothers me, this really bothered me the other day. I was, uh, went in to get some, a sandwich and this bothers me. People go, Hey, you know, when people order something, they go, Hey, can I do, you ever hear people say that? Or people look at the menu, they go, I'm going to do that phrase. I'm going to do, I'll have, can I have not I'll do, I don't like it. It bothers the fuck out of me. It bothers, it's just so bothersome. I don't know why. I'll do, you're not doing anything. You're not doing it, they're doing it. 
they're going to do it. They're going to make it in the fridge or they're going to. And this guy, I was sitting there, he's watching him. He goes, I'm going to do. And then he did it with every single thing that he added to the sandwich. And can I do uh, pepperoncinis? Can I do, can I do uh, sprouts? I'm going to do uh, avocado. I wanted to choke him out. I really did. And I did. I choked him out and I was arrested. And I'm on bail. Um, so we're rushing. We're rushing to get to Taylor Swift. By the way, SeatGeek, uh, thank you so much for the tickets. That's who got us the tickets. Uh, and I know I talk about SeatGeek all the time. And uh, and this was an actual moment where I was like, bam. Like that was, that was dope. Because... When you're, you know, that it's when it, it doesn't really have anything to do with SeatGeek, but I don't know if you've ever had good seats to a, uh, it's going to sound like I'm plugging SeatGeek, but when, I don't know if, you, if we had really good seats and there's that feeling when you're like walking into the stadium and you're like, Ooh, and they're like, Oh, you're like walking by people. And then you're like, Oh shit. Like we're getting really close. We're getting really close. And then they let you go. Then the next person lets you go and you're like, Oh shit. And then you go by the next guard and like, mm -hmm, you're good. And then before you know it, you're like at the stage and Naveen just flipped out. Uh, we're going to make a video. Uh, probably you'll get to see it, but she just flipped out. She was like, so close. It's so close. And I was like, you know, completely the hero, which was, which was great. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it was really great. I mean, the concert, like I said, the concert's three hours long. So buckle in, uh, buckle in for your tailor because it's, it's, I don't know what to say about it. It it's 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 great, but it's like I felt like I felt like she like moved in with us. You know what I mean? Like she just like kept going, and and she she played all the songs. She she played all the songs you know, like Blank Space and everything. And then a, a whole other album would start, and uh, and so that was that was interesting. I had I had seats. Um, we had really good seats. I had seats at the one of the things that bothered me was I had seats on the sixth row. And, um, I was super excited. Right. But now they do this thing at concerts, which they didn't used to do. There's a ramp that goes all the way out to the center stage. Right. And so she's doing most of the show down there, even though I'm, I'm in the, the, the good seats. Do you know what I mean? I was like, wait, wait, why did I pay for these? The $1,200 seats are down here. You're in the $120 seats. And I know what you're going to say. Well, it's better for everyone. Not if you spend $1,200. I mean, it's, it's a lot. Um, but no, the show is really good. The production design was flawless. She had a piano. This is the, the, the attention to detail. And she had, you know, a baby grand piano where it like the side like lifts up. Moss all over the piano uh, inside, like just beautifully done. Very North Carolina, very woodsy, lots of roots coming out of the stage, you know, very like I fuck my sister kind of vibe, you know, uh, you know, Southern people. No, I'm just kidding. It was actually wasn't that it was very like rich Southern people. That's that's really what it felt like. It felt like I was, you know, watching an episode of Dawson's Creek, um, which is cool. Um, also no black people at the Taylor Swift show. Just want to let you know that there was none. No, there was, I didn't, Hmm. I didn't, I did see one. It was like a nine-year-old girl and both her parents were white. So I don't know what that tells you. Um, 
No, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. There was there was some black people there. I don't know, uh, but of course it's you know it's not. We got into the elevator. <laughs> we got in the elevator, and um, this uh, this really really like nice black couple gets in, really really good looking, and uh, and um, so I don't know how it started. We were all dressed up. The four of us looked like we were dressed up going somewhere. And we all had smiles on our faces. And uh, someone said, oh, you're going to the concert. And uh, and they go, the black couple goes, yeah, we're going to see Adele. And uh, and the other guy in the thing goes, oh, I goes, oh, Adele, that's so great. Like Adele's, that's going to be a, a hell of a show. And no, And I go, I go, oh, Adele, that, that's going to be so great. I heard she's like, Adele is crazy live. And then the, the woman turns, the black woman turns to Naveen and she goes, you guys going to Taylor Swift? Like that. And uh, it was so funny. It was so funny. Because, you know, Naveen's not fucking 14. You know what I mean? Yeah. Classic. Classic shit. Um, so that was really funny. Uh, and you know Taylor. Taylor's just like, the show is good. I mean, I'm not, I don't want, I'm not going to like talk shit about it. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to talk shit about it because it, it's, it was a great show. She puts on an amazing, it's first class show. It's just by the end, like we were, I felt like we were being held hostage a little bit, a little bit. And, and I know that that's like, but it, that wasn't just me. Like everybody around me was kind of like, okay, Taylor, you don't have to do all the songs, you know, but she did like 44 songs, uh, which is crazy. She also like does, she also talks in between, which I actually really love when people talk in between. Um, that's some of my favorite moments is when artists talk, but it, it's so funny because it's like, they say the most banal thing and people just go fucking crazy. You know, she was like, uh, I want to tell you a story, you guys. So this is a story. Um, I was watching paint dry the other day and you know, when you're watching paint dry guys and it like just starts to harden and it was like, <laughs> like just whatever she says, you know, I was hanging out during COVID with my cat. <gasps> she does that thing where she's like, I'm going to just tell you guys like a little story right now because it's like, it's just us. It's like 60,000 people there, which she's really good at that. She does make you feel like, Hey, it's just Taylor, you know, but I did. I, I felt like she was my roommate by the end. Also during the show, she had a, uh, a brown wireless microphone the entire time, which I, and I was looking at it and all I could think was, uh, that's like a, is that, it's like a brown, it looked like a brown penis. That's all. And I figured, I think that was, I think that was a nod to inclusion. I really do. I think that was a nod to, you know, saying Taylor saying, Hey, you know, everyone's welcome here. You know what I mean? I thought that was really interesting. I don't know. That's where my mind was, at least when I looked at it. Big brown. Yeah. Then, of course, we're at the concert. And I had been, I had remembered I'd seen Taylor Swift before. I went and saw her with my daughter, Charlie, when Charlie was about seven years old. And I brought her to Staples Center. And to be honest, it was probably she was too young to go to the concert because we had, we ended up leaving early because she was tired and she loved going and she does remember it. But well, I, I'm actually glad I did because let me finish the story. So we, we went and saw Taylor Swift and I paid for really good seats and I had to hold her up the whole time. Even though Taylor Swift was like really close, I still had to hold her up so she could see over the crowd. And it was tough to hold her the entire time. She kind of weighed a lot. 
by the time she's like seven years old. That's a lot to lift for two hours. So then I start standing her on a chair uh, so she can see. And the people at Staples were awful and they made her get off the chair. And then it just became too hard. And, uh, and we left. And there's actually a picture of it. I'll, I'll put it up when we went and saw Taylor Swift. And so I'm at the show and Naveen's having a blast. And I look over and there's a, there's a mom in the sixth, also in our row, you know, sixth or seventh row. And she's trying to hold up a seven-year-old, you know? And I went, oh man. And I went, oh God, I remember that. And I felt so bad. And then all of a sudden, um, I, I turned to her and I go, let, let the, let the girl walk down like that. And she was like, Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? I was like, just, just see if, just see if the guard will let her stand down there in the front, you know, with the people who were in the front, front row, six rows back, you know, so the mom is still close. And she goes, um, she goes, Oh, Oh, uh, okay. Okay. And so she didn't really know. So I, I go, I go and I ask, I'm like, can she, can she, can she just sit down here, stand down here? And the guy's like, yeah, all right, it's okay. So the, 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 the seven-year-old gets to fucking sit there like on the railing the entire concert and to be able to see she's taking photos. She's running back to her mom going, Oh my God. And I just got so emotional just like looking at that. Of course, while freaking I don't know about you. I'm feeling 22. Um, by the way, the guy that the, uh, the backup dancers are so funny. I wish I could, I wish I'd make a TikTok. They just like the way that they're like, the way they, they bounce, like. <laughs> the show is so well done that wherever she goes, 22 backup dancers follow her all over. <laughs> it's like she just decides to like go to the left and they're like. <laughs> and she decides to go to the right. And the back is just like. <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh That'd be a really funny SNL sketch where, you know, Taylor comes in for warm-ups and the backup dancers are just still with her everywhere she goes. She goes to a funeral. <laughs> the backup dancer. Wiping a tear from their eye. Um, but yeah, so I, I saw that, that and then I started crying in the middle of the show. And then I texted Charlie and I had no service in there. You know, Taylor Swift, man, 60,000 people went and watched her. And I'm going to wrap this up now, but 60,000 people went and watched her. And I just thought, you know, she did it. And that means you can do it. You know what I mean? I think that I want this podcast to be something where people believe in themselves. I think that's really what my goal is going to be with this podcast, because I know I struggle with that. And I know so many of you struggle with that. So just know Taylor Swift played 16,000 people. And let me tell you something. She's got a great voice. She can write songs, but she's going way outside her comfort zone. Okay. She's doing some hip hop numbers. I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift is a dork. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure she's like kind of a nerd and kind of boring, right? I mean, that's probably like who she is as a person. And I'm trying to pay her a compliment, which is she's pushed out of her comfort zone to do so much to do. You know, she looks really at home when she's playing the guitar, but then when she's like dancing and like shaking her ass, you're like, okay, Taylor, 
You know, I'm sure that's not easy for her to do. So I really got inspired watching her, you know, and, and I'm applauding her. I'm applauding her for pushing past her limitations, which clearly a bit of a bookworm. That's, that's what that was. That was my takeover. That's just what I think, but, but not to take anything away from her. It was a good show. And, uh, she made us really, really, really happy. And then I got back to the hotel room and it was like, you know, it was really funny because Naveen like was dancing so hard and then she would have to sit down and, you know, she's considerably younger than me, but even she was tired because she just kept playing. And I'd just be like, yo, I was like, let's, let's just go. You're tired. She's like, no, I have to stay. One more song. One more song. All right, guys, that is today's podcast. Just wanted to update you on the uh, Taylor Swift show. Hope you guys have a great day and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.